Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is podcast number 62. We're back at you, back at you on a Sunday. Uh, we'll just get something out of the way right now. All right. This is only going to be for our visual uh, watchers. <laughs> it's going to be kind of impossible for us to explain this to people who are just listening. But basically, there's a sign that's here on our set and it's in between our two mic stands. It says SNC. I have no idea what it means. I don't know what kind of relevant information it has to this podcast or why you put it there, but explain yourself. It's it's my creation. This is Brent, by the way, and he's Neil. Yes. Um, it's my creation. <clears throat> um, I thought it would be very funny to put there. Now, the only other people who might think it's very funny is probably a very limited uh, sector of our viewer base. So... It may not be funny. It definitely won't be funny to everybody. And probably 95% of our viewers won't have a clue what it's about, maybe even more than 95%. But the, the two or three who know, who get it okay. will get it good. Okay. Okay. So when do I find out what that actually means? After um, this podcast? Yeah, I probably could tell you after the podcast. Okay. Because um, I would like people who see it and have an idea what it is to put in the comments what they think the significance of the SNC sign is. On our on our podcast, so we have to say what it stands for. No. Oh, okay. No. It doesn't. Just, it doesn't stand for anything. Uh, if it does, I don't know what it is. Okay. Okay. Now, how many viewers would we normally capture mm-hmm. this time of the year in the podcast episode of Post to Post? Just on YouTube. Just oh. on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, probably between two and four thousand per episode. Okay, so let's just say three thousand. Now, based on your knowledge of our demographics, how many of those viewers are likely in Canada? Percentage-wise. About 36%. About 36%. Okay, so 36 times 3 is 98, 90, 108, no, uh, 369661. It's about 1,000, a little over 1,000. Let's say. Sure. um, Yeah, 1,080. So let's say 1,100. Okay. Of those 1,100 Canadians that are probably watching this, how many are older than 35? Uh, 35%. 35% of those. So a little under half. So let's say about 400. Let's say 450. That's actually still a pretty big number. I'm surprised. So there's 450, perhaps, people in Canada who are over 35 who might see this in the run of the next couple of days. Okay. Based on that, I expect at least 50 will be able to – now, not everyone who watches is inclined to comment. Exactly. And so I understand to, that. You have to cut out about probably 80%. 80% of those. So 80%, 50. So I, I'm, I'm down to my four or five people. Four to five people hopefully will comment. Others will comment wondering what it is and saying this is stupid. And it is to almost everybody. It's a lot of time to be spending on four <clears> or five people. <laughs> but the laugh factor – the laugh factor is worth it. <laughs> but you don't even see, get to see them laugh. Yeah, it's okay. I can picture it. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that without going through this whole thing. But Okay. Uh, anyway. I'm looking forward to understanding what this is all about. But um, anyway, anything else you need to add on that specific no, topic? No, it speaks for itself. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> um, lots to talk about. Some trades, oh, oh, some oh, oh. milestones. Um People had some good weeks, goalies and players both. So uh, we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff today. Uh, let's just start off with the trades first. Uh, the Predators made a big trade this week. They acquired Brian Boyle from the Devils in exchange for a 2019 second round pick. What did you think of this trade? Um, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Nashville, we talk about how deep they are all the time, and it's true. They are very deep, but there's an ingredient I don't know what it is. It's a, some kind of je ne sais quoi that they don't quite have. Mm-hmm. Maybe they think they have that coming in in Brian Boyle. I don't know. He's a very – I get the sense, and I don't know the man, obviously, but I've seen documentaries about him, and, and I've seen some coverage of him, and, and I get the sense that he's a very good guy in the room. Mm-hmm. And they may be looking for some extra form of leadership there. Uh, I And you're only giving away a pick to get him basically as a rental, I guess, until the end of the year. Is he a UFA at the end of the year? Uh, honestly, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually trying to look that up right now. So what is it about Brian Boyle that he's been with the Rangers, he's been with Tampa Bay, he's with Toronto, 
New Jersey, and now Nashville, all within five years, basically. So what it is what is it about Brian Boyle that well, like the teams it, don't want to hold on to? I don't know. But or is what, it just coincidence? But whatever it is, there's also something about Brian Boyle that all these teams want to take a crack at him. That's true. So they take a crack at him, it doesn't work out, or it works for a period of time and then doesn't work out, like a Ken Hitchcock coaching in Edmonton kind of deal, where it works for a while and then the mojo goes away. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe, I'm sure Nashville has its eyes open as to what they're looking for in, in Brian Boyle. And they're willing to take that run with him, at least for the next three months. So I obviously they don't care what I think about it, but I'm happy for him that he's going to a team that's a real uh, contender. And, and I think the pick of many to, to go and get it all done this year. Yeah, so. I agree, actually. Yeah. yeah, I'm happy for him. Yeah. Uh, there's also another trade. The Predators got someone else. They acquired Cody McLeod from the Rangers in exchange for a 2027th round pick. Uh, this trade to me is a little insignificant. Um, Cody McLeod is not really a, an impact player in my opinion, so I really don't have much of a much of an opinion um, on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Canadians and Flyers made a trade. The Canadians acquired Dale Weiss, uh, aka Dutch Gretzky, and Christian Foland in exchange for David Schlemko and Byron Fraze. Um, this was just this trade was strictly teams getting rid of players that they didn't see a future with mm-hmm. like that both teams were in the exact same situation for this trade I think it, I don't know if it works out for either team uh, Dale Weiss when he was with Montreal he was pretty good he was quite good and, and I remember Montreal picked him up I think from Vancouver was where he was prior to Montreal getting him remember. and and he had underperformed in Vancouver and, and run afoul of the <clears throat> the coaching staff there they weren't playing him he, he wasn't content. He came to Montreal. He got lots of ice time, and he he shone. He came out of a shell, and, and he did very well, and earning him the nickname in the Montreal market of the, the Dutch Gretzky because he did have these flashes where he'd get a couple of goals but in that's a not, game. But that's not why he has that nickname. It's not from Montreal. No? He had that nickname well before oh, that. Well, it's because he played in the Dutch league before the NHL or whatever and was so far above and beyond any player in the league that, like, Points wise and skill wise, he was he was the Dutch Gretzky. Like okay, he, well, I thought his name was Dutch. No, and therefore he was good. And nope. Okay, and maybe he corrected. is Dutch, but no. yeah. Well, it would make sense. Like we sounds like a German or Dutch Northern European mm-hmm. name. Anyway, anyway, all that said, I liked him when he was with Montreal. I was disappointed when he left, but it's pretty clear from what he said on Twitter. I think yesterday that he was darn glad to be back. Yep. Uh, he said finally. I'm back with the Montreal Canadiens. It's almost as if this was part of his master plan, that he was going to knock around the league for a while and eventually come back. Montreal brought him back, and I'm surprised, because Montreal doesn't do that a lot. No, they don't. They really don't. They they try a player, they, they form an opinion, they decide in, in the case of either a departing free agent or someone that they trade, that there isn't a future at that price. And I think if what I read is correct, it came down to a negotiation of value at the time. Montreal didn't give Weiss the kind of money that Weiss thought he ought to get. Exactly. And Weiss may have been right for all I know, based on his production in the last couple of years prior to his departure. But now he's back, and uh, I think I think he will be a contributor. It was interesting to note that Montreal sat Charles Houdon last night out of the game. Oh. And that was a surprise decision at the last minute, and they were wondering if that was not for the purposes of putting him on the block, trading waving, whatever, hmm. and maybe making room for Weiss to come on and join the roster. So uh, we don't know that at this point as we're recording this, but there was some speculation that that Houdon's scratch, late scratch, was a, a Weiss-related event. A Weiss-related. <laughs> That's a weird sentence. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm happy about that. As far as the other player goes, Foline, and I'm pronouncing it that way. I don't know if it's right or not. I say Foline. Yeah. Uh, he's Swedish. So when I think of other... Maybe it is Foline. I yeah. don't know. Anyway, he, he comes uh, through the Swedish league. He played with, I think it was Ferlunda for quite a while. Uh, and then he kicked around the uh, college ranks in the U.S. and then eventually got himself into some semi-pro pro stuff. He's never been drafted. But he, last season, he played over 60 games with the Kings. Mm-hmm. And this, this year, he played 25 or 26 games already. In, uh, so about half of his uh, time has been up in the in the NHL. No, there's no big numbers there, but he might be a Kulak kind of guy who's solid, 
You don't hear about him a whole lot. He gets the job done. He's basically an even player. He's not a huge plus-minus divergent player. And as a defenseman, if you're a zero or a minus two or something, that's probably not bad. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to see what they have for him for plans. He was in the AHL, and I think he'll stay there for now. Yeah, for now, I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, Going back the other way, David Schlemko uh, had not a bad career uh, over in San Jose. Did not find a fit whatsoever in Montreal. It just never really seemed to work. He was just too slow for the team. Montreal's a pretty quick team. So uh, I think that a lot of people, a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans were happy with the removal of David Schlemko recently. Yeah. And as far as Byron Fraze, he, I actually like Byron Fraze. He played some pretty tough, uh, some pretty tough roles over the past two years. He hasn't played on the team recently, but when he was up last year in the previous year, he was the third line, the fourth line grinder, uh, the matchup guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has potential. I just don't know if he has depth NHL potential. He's going to be on a third-tier team in the NHL. And like you said a minute ago, the Montreal has a totally different speed game now than they had then. So they're looking at probably speed limits uh, for these guys, How what their upside performance is on the rush. Hmm. And if they don't quite hit that bar, then they're probably considered external. Yep. Uh, in the case of Philly, when they moved... Uh, Foline over here, they retained $150,000 of his salary. He's an $800,000 a year guy, so he's only a 650 cap hit for Montreal for this period. But it's clear that Montreal, I, I, I just goes to show you again that Bergevin is, he's not letting anything slip by. He's talking to Philly. They probably wanted to move and Bergevin got another hundred fifty grand out of them for doing it. I, I there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason, and we don't know what it is yet. But and Philly clearly has decided that he's not in their future for whatever reason. And Philadelphia is is a team that's not um, really making plans for a deep playoff run. Let's put it that way. They're not making plans, but they're trying awful hard. They're they're on a great run. They're they're doing an, an amazing job. They were. As of Friday night, at the close of hockey Friday night, they were 8-1-1, one, and one, which was the same record Montreal had. Yeah, Philadelphia's been playing some, some awesome hockey recently. The, the best record in the last 10 games in the NHL. But it doesn't excite me because two years ago, they went on a 10-game winning streak, missed the playoffs. Last year, went on a 10-game losing streak, made the playoffs. They're, they're close to, you know, the, the last eight or last 10 games have been pretty stellar for, for Philadelphia. So even though they've been playing very well recently, it doesn't excite me because I don't trust the team. Yeah. And of course, you can say, oh, they beat Anaheim 6-2 last night. That's that's great. But it's Anaheim. 19 of 21 the, losses. The, the Pondle <laughs> Peewee team in PEI could probably beat Anaheim yeah. right now. Now, last 21 games, 19 losses. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the other trade, I guess, was, mm. that, was that one. Now, we I don't think we've been on since the Matthews signing. Is that something you wanted to touch on or, or is uh, it all I, w- I wanted to, to make a specific video about that. All right. Uh, I, I Honestly, guys, I had... A lot of plans for this week to, to film some videos, and usually when I do, I don't film videos on Sunday. Like, if I know I'm going to be busy during the week, I film a bunch of videos on Sunday and then edit them and then release them during the week. Last week, I was supposed to be free, uh, free enough to be able to film some videos midweek, uh, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. Life happened. It was crazy. Uh, I didn't get a chance to, so it's it's been pretty quiet on, on Post It Post for this past seven days mm. and I do apologize for that but uh, I do have plans to make some videos I want to talk about the Islanders in a specific video I want to talk about Anaheim in a specific video the Matthews contract and I think there was one more thing I can't remember what it was but uh, I'd like to get at that sometime this coming week because this week will be slow for me hopefully um, but yeah that's uh, that's that's something we'll save, I think, if you don't mind. Not at all. Uh, something I don't want to save, though, is the Panarin situation. I've, did you hear about that? Um, He's hired Bobrovsky's agent. They, oh, they share the same agent. I did agent. not hear that. They share the same <laughs> agent now. So, Great. I don't know if that's good or bad. I feel like it's it's either really good for Columbus or it's really bad for Columbus. <laughs> yeah. Because it's it's going to be a two-in-one thing. Mm. Like, either you're going to sign them both. Or you're not going to sign either of them. Yeah. You have to deal with the same agent. Yeah. If you're tough on one deal and you can't get it done, he's not going to try very hard for the next guy. Well, and then you got purpose. then you got this thing where uh, the agent could say to the team, "Well, if if you don't resign Panarin, it obviously means you're not serious about being a contender. So Bob's going to walk." 
And he could say the same thing. If we're not going to sign Bob, that yeah. means you're not serious about being a contender and Panarin's going to walk. It's really good for Vorovsky and Panarin. <laughs> oh, is it ever? Yeah, it's actually a smart move by Panarin, I think, in my yeah. opinion. But uh, it's, it's going to get real interesting real soon because the trade deadline's it's a, it's approaching. A yeah. It's a good one. Uh, there was a couple of milestones recently. or uh, There was one big milestone and then a couple of people who are close to milestones. Um, Crosby, did you hear about his milestone? No. He passed Lemieux for the most games played um, for the Pittsburgh Penguins organization in history, All which right. is pretty huge. To be honest, it, I'm a little surprised it, t- it took so long because Lemieux had quite a bit of health issues, obviously, mm-hmm. in his career. Yeah. Uh, but so did Crosby. He was off for yeah, those concussions. and High ankle sprain. He, that took him out for almost half a year that time. Yeah. And Lemieux was not just out for a few games or a, even a run of games. He retired yeah, he and came a, out of retirement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. Uh, Phil Kessel sits at 798 points, two shy of 800. So that's going to be a... Good math there. Um, thanks. <laughs> Coming soon. Uh, Hendrik Lundqvist has 447 wins, three shy of 450. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's getting up there. You're on a roll. Yeah, I know. So he's second in the NHL in uh, of active goalies. So of all the active goalies, he's second in the NHL in wins. Mm-hmm. Who's first? Luongo. How many wins is Hendrick behind Roberto Luongo? I, we had this conversation just the other week, so I think it's a lot. They're similar age. Yeah. I think Luongo's two or three years older, maybe I think three years older than Lundqvist, but I, I, I really don't know. 36 wins. Oh, yeah. Well, so that's, that's, that's a lot. It's about a season worth of wins. That's right. That's right. Yeah, A good season. A, a really good season, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I don't see... Hendrick having any problem passing Luongo in wins. Luongo's not been, you know, he's 40 years old. He's mm-hmm. he's approaching retirement. This might be his last year. He can probably sneak another year out. He's still playing fairly decent hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he stops this year, Hendrick likely has at least two years left after this. He's probably going to pass Luongo. Um, I would be a little shocked if, that, if it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But anyways, regardless. Yeah. Uh, my players of the week, do you want to take any guesses? There was another milestone last night, just last night, so maybe you want to save that. Uh, was it Joe, Thor- Joe Thornton related? Yeah. Go, go for it. Uh, he tied Gordy Howe yes. for the most assists. Uh, he for I think it's ninth place. Ninth place, yeah. Ninth place for the most assists, and uh, it's quite a few. It's uh, 1,049. He's one of the best playmakers in, in the in the league. Yeah. yeah. If not the best. Nicholas Backstrom is a tremendous playmaker as well. But, mm-hmm. uh, that's a, actually a pretty big milestone. Yeah. yeah. So who's your players of the week? Who do you think it is? He always, every week you ask me, and every week I either guess wrong or just give up. Or you just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jonathan Drouin oh, is my player of the what? week. What? Yes. Whoa. We've never, I've never picked a Montreal Canadiens player before. No, no. Uh, four games played, three goals, six assists, nine points. Nine points. Nine points in four games. Yes. The the second plate second place to him only had six points, so he's three points above. Wow! Second place for this week. Uh, those stats are great and stuff, but the most important stat that I'm about to read is plus minus. He was a plus seven. Wow! That is huge for Jonathan Drouet. For him, it is. It, it is quite like, that's amazing. That's massive. That's he had it. That's that stat alone is top notch for him because he is sometimes the most thrilling but other times the most agonizing player to watch yeah and that should result in a usual and well and i think in one of the uh shows fairly recently where the canadians had had a really good game uh drew was still a minus on 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 the team yeah just because he's such a giveaway machine liability and uh i've been very impressed with his play and i've watched all of those games Mm. he has found another gear and I don't know if it's something he can turn on and turn off, but hopefully he never turns that off again. Yeah, I know. But but this other gear, if he's capable of this on the long haul, he becomes the player that they probably thought he would be when he was drafted because yep. he's never lived up to that yet. I know. And the potential, the talent is there. I was watching Hockey Inside Out uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, which is a the Montreal Gazette has a, a YouTube show every Thursday, and it's usually around 15 minutes long. And they have a panelist to three people, usually Stu Cowan, Jessica Rusnak, and Chris Nyland. And they talked about Drouin. This is before he had this little surge here. And they went down the line, and the host asked Chris Nyland, so what do you think of Drouin? Is he 
is he someone that can get better because we know what his raw talent is? And Nyland says, no. <laughs> Just a straight no. That sounds like a, a Chris Nyland answer. Yeah. yeah. Like he is what he is. He was he decided how hot he was going to play when he started playing and he can't change that. <laughs> that was that was it. I just enjoy the accent. <laughs> George Larocque sometimes on, is on that show as well. He is sometimes on that show. And Dan Robertson was on this past week. He's the radio guy for TSN 690. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was really, really good. Uh, I like Stu Cowan a lot. I like Jesse. I, I like all the three panelists they usually have. The host, not so much. Adam Susser. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of And And it's so, – sorry, Adam. I'm sure you're not watching. But uh, if you are, miracle. His voice is just not – it doesn't carry properly in a microphone. It's it, he seems he's talking the back of his throat. He's up here somewhere, like he's always talking like this, and he can't even understand what he says. <laughs> and it drives me crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, Adam, but it is what it is. Play yourself back. Play a recording. Look at it. Sounds just like what I did. Um, no, I, I I agree to an extent. He, he he seems out of place on the show. Yeah, a little bit. And apparently he's well-known in the Montreal local uh, entertainment scene. He's a comedian, mm-hmm. and he's probably very funny, and maybe there's a place for him, but it ain't on that show. It ain't on TV. He's he's He takes away from the three panelists. Yeah, <sighs> I don't know. He comes across as a bit of a, a non-sports fan, even though he's on. Does that make sense? Like yeah, he, it does. He, he doesn't seem to have any insight of his own. Now, if he's just driving the conversation. And maybe that's what that's what he's supposed to do. And then maybe that's perfect. Maybe he's in the perfect place for that. But I don't get a sense that he is really invested in the topic. Mm. Yeah. I always When he talks, I always skip ahead. Like at the beginning of the show, I always skip to when they actually start talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure some people do this. Do it to our, our, some people don't like me and they want to hear you talk. And like, that's fine. That's, and there's people who who continue to ask for clues or keys or links or something so they can fast forward to the part that they want to watch and not watch the rest of it. Yeah. I understand that, that, but considering what you're paying to watch this show, I don't think you can demand services like that. Oh, I don't think they're demanding it. <laughs> well, they're, they're just asking. Yeah. It's a logistical time issue for me. It, I just, I'm not going to do it. If now someone else a, wants to do it, they can. Yeah, and for a while there was one or two viewers that would step in and, and actually provide the links to various mm-hmm. topics in their comment, which was great. But it's not something that 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 is worth the time to do it. Yeah. When, when we record this, I don't listen to it back. I just throw on the beginning stuff, the end stuff make the graphics, export it, and send her off. Like, I don't have time to re- re-listen to it and timestamp everything and make notes. I just I just don't. I'm sorry, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, I'm not sorry because I can't do it, so. Yeah, but you're Canadian. You're sorry about it. I know, everything. I know. Uh, continue with the players of the week. Yeah. How about goalies? Oh, man. Uh, Carey Price was on uh, a streak. He's on a seven-game win streak Carey, until last night. Carey Price is, is wasn't... I have two goalies and then some honorable mentions. He was my honorable mention list. Oh, good. Okay. But other than that, I haven't followed closely. Uh, Jordan Bennington. Oh, three, yeah. Three games played, three wins, uh, .954 save percentage, uh, 1.31 goals against average. That's amazing. Amazing. Hello, St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, and Tuka Rask also had a really good week. Uh, three games played. He's back from the, the his injury there, uh, or concussion or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, three wins, .939 save percentage, uh, one. Point six four goals against average. Not so, too shabby. Yeah, not too shabby. Boston's pretty scary with the uh, halak Ras combo. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't are. want to play them in the playoffs, to be honest. No. But, uh, honorable mentions are Carey Price, uh, Andrews Nilsson, who played an amazing game yesterday, and uh, Car- of course Carter Hart has been fantastic this past two weeks. So, uh, just a quick shout out to uh, Andrew Pillock. I'm not sure if you've seen any of his videos recently, but uh, he's been recent- releasing some pretty good quality content. Um, doing some trade deadline previews for each team. Oh, wow. So I think Good. he's going to continue with that trend. So if you guys want to um, get some insight on some trade deadline stuff coming up, that's where you should go. I don't have a lot of time to watch other shows, other channels, but I do follow Andrew on Twitter, and uh, I've seen him tweet out the links to his uh, releases as they come out, and he's been busy. Yes, very busy. Very busy. Yeah. Yep. Good for you. Uh, on to the game recaps, if that's okay. Uh, there was an, an insane amount of hockey on last night. Crazy. Uh, the Boston-LA game was the first one on, I believe. Uh, Boston won 5-4, to four, and uh, during that game, Boston was absolutely relentless at times. Jonathan Quick made some really good stops early mm-hmm. in the game. Uh, Rask was pretty decent as well. Uh, I really thought that overtime penalty 
on Pasternak. Uh, he stepped on the blade of whoever stick it was. It was an absolute joke because that power play led to the overtime goal for uh, Boston. Uh, I just, like, it wasn't a trip. He stepped, Pasternak stepped on his stick, on the blade of his stick, and fell, like, and then he threw his arms back. Oh, no. Well, that's unfortunate. Looked like he was playing for the Montreal Canadiens. (laughs) (laughs) Well, remember when Claude Julien used to coach Boston? Yeah. And uh, they got into a bit of a tuffle, or tuffle, tussle, kerfuffle. Uh, about who was diving and who wasn't, and uh, Julian was considered to be oh, yeah. uh, unbelievably inconsistent with what we were all seeing. Yeah, exactly. You know, because someone put a nice video package together of mm. all the diving, and then Julian going like this. And <laughs> of course, I'm like, "Yeah, there you go, huh? Got you." Now he's a coach of the Canadians. He's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and that was actually a really, really important win for Boston as well because they they needed to keep pace with Montreal and uh, Toronto. They're all right there yep. within two, three points of each other. So mm-hmm. uh, The Buffalo-Detroit game was on after that. Uh, Buffalo won 3-1. to one. Howard led in some really soft goals in that game too, specifically. Uh, Buffalo was 59% in the face-off circle, so that's, that's, a, that's a big stat. People don't put enough attention on the, on the face-off stat because... There's so many goals that come off faceoffs mm-hmm. in the offensive end, yeah. and uh, so many goals that are prevented with faceoffs in the defensive end. So it's a huge stat. Uh, it's it's a pivotal role to play, uh, being a good centerman. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of teams like Philadelphia is great in the dot on all four lines. Nashville's another great team in the dot. Some teams are just bad, and it makes a difference. Yeah, there's several goals a week probably yep, from that. Definitely. All the goals in that game were scored in the second period. First period, third period, scoreless. Everything scored in the second. Hmm. All three of Buffalo's goals and the Detroit goal. Hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Minnesota played New Jersey. Minnesota won 4-2. to two. Schneider just does not look like he used to. Like, well, since did, like two or three years ago. Did you see his stat? There was an inconsistency that the TV analysts were talking about uh, no wins in his last 20, and then there was a stat on the screen saying the last 22. So I don't know which stat is right. Either stat is awful. Yeah. Schneider hasn't won since 2017 because oh. he didn't play. Yeah. He only played at 15 or so games last calendar year. Mm. So he doesn't have a win for a long, long time. Three years ago, if you looked at the goalie stats for the past 10 years, Corey Schneider was the best goalie statistically in the NHL. He is not even close anymore. Do you know who is? In save percentage and goals against average, it's the same goalie. Going back 10 years? The last 10 years, from now to the last 10 years. Yeah, I don't know. Tuka Rask. Oh, wow, yep. really? Yeah, he's held that position uh, for quite a while. And even when Corey Schneider was in first place, Tuka Rask was second. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Islanders played Colorado. The Islanders won 4-3 to three with a bit of a comeback. Um, did you see all the ref fans in that game? No. There was a whole section of the arena, and everyone was dressed up with their ref shirts on, and they were cheering for the ref. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> uh, the Islanders threw a lot of shots at Varlamov. 41. 41. They ended up winning in overtime, but Colorado uh, came to play. Uh, they, they did, did well. and it's frustrating because Colorado hasn't played that well recently. They've lost some tough games. Uh, well, they, I think it's different when you lose a game and it's like 6-1 or 6-2 or something like that. You just kind of like, okay, well, here's what we can improve on. But when you play a pretty decent game and you still end up losing, it's it's a harder loss to take, I think. Oh, yeah. and, and it's Especially when you're already having problems and going through a bit of a slump, to lose a game like that even just, just makes it harder. So mm-hmm. uh, The game after that was the Philadelphia-Anaheim game. Uh, Philadelphia won 6-2. Anaheim... Uh, I don't want to say too much because I'm going to make an entire video about them and go over some interesting statistics. But uh, basically what I saw last night was Kessler just puck-watching the entire game and the rest of the team doing a lot of puck-watching as well. Uh, both Anaheim goals were power play goals, so they had to have a man advantage to get both of their goals last yeah. night. Uh, Carter Hart was great, uh, but not really a big challenge in Anaheim. So No, and uh, Johnson was, was awful. They Pulled him after four goals. Oh, yeah, it's bad. There's only, I think, eight shots or something on him at that point. And then they put Boyle in, who held the door pretty good after that. He only let two in for the rest of the game. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't bad considering what they were throwing. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, the St. Louis Nashville game, St. Louis won three to two. St. Louis is on fire recently. Did you notice what Nashville did with Brian Boyle? No. They played him in crucial moments of the game. Uh, in the last minute and 40 seconds of the game when they had the goalie pulled, it was 3-1. Um, they Brian Boyle was on the ice. Wow. Like, when you first joined the team, usually you're, you know, you are eased into a role. It's not very often you see someone thrown in. Mm-hmm. I think that was done specifically to send a message by by the coach to the rest of the players and be like, this guy's new, we're bringing him in. We're going to put him in this role right away because you guys don't want it enough. Obviously, he was brought in for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just to send a little bit of a message. Anyways, there actually was a goal on that play with Brian Boyle on the ice. He was screening the goalie. So he actually played a pretty pretty big factor, and he's a pretty big guy. So Nice. I think I think he was utilized correctly in that game by Nashville, even though they lost a tough game. But, yeah, and there's a rematch today. So it's on right now. Yeah, and uh, probably, well, it is on right now, and, and they're both playing different goalies. Saros is in for Nashville, and they're putting Jake Allen in for St. Louis. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But St. Louis now is a five-game winning streak that is on the line today. Oh, Jake Allen. Come on, Jakey. But his his road record, I think he's 5-2-2 two, and two maybe in his last nine games on the road. Okay. So on the road, he's not doing too badly. So uh, maybe it's a, a good gamble putting him in there. But it's a big ask. It's a, it's hard to win in Nashville. Yeah. They're so good at home. Yeah. Kind of like Vegas. Vegas is such a good home team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game after that was the Ottawa Winnipeg game. Ottawa won five to two. Uh, Brassois was absolutely <laughs> garbage. He was junk. It was it was bad. It was terrible. Just bad. I I, I would have been better. <laughs> yeah, I think and so. And I would probably be the suckiest goalie on the in the history of time. <laughs> But I would have been better than, than Bressois yeah, yesterday. On the other end, Anders Nilsson was incredible. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> he won them that game for yeah. sure. Because I think Winnipeg had like 40-plus shots or something. They had 46 yeah. shots. Good stuff. Unbelievable. And uh, did you see the Harper and Lemieux fight? Uh, no, I see all the fights a couple of days after oh, okay. uploaded. It was... Uh, it wasn't bad actually. They 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 did a lot of knuckle chucking, and it became a wrestling match. But they they thankfully backed off and let them go. Nice for a change, which was nice. And I'd say it's about an even Steven thing. I think I think Harper ultimately was on top when they finally collapsed. But okay. uh, but it was a good it was a good dust up. All right, I thought so. Yeah, uh, the Arizona Dallas game was really good. Just before we leave that though, I actually watched the game. Okay, and is that an insult? Because I didn't. Well, no. Watching the highlights is is just as good. I actually did watch some of the game, but I was I was out last night playing Cards Against Humanity with some friends. Uh, they were doing a, a highlight package. This is late in the third period, and they were just talking about uh, I don't know what it was now because it wasn't that important. Mm-hmm. And they came back when they came out of the highlight package, which was uh, a bunch of slow motion replays and stuff. By the time they came back. Eight seconds had transpired since the face-off, and Josh Morrissey had scored. Wow. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that was so-and-so. He scored! <laughs> Jeez. And they did that in a in a similar situation. Not so much a highlight package before, but, uh, yeah, the, it was just it was just brutal. Dang. The, the coverage, TV coverage was just absolutely awful. Uh, timing was just hmm. way off. Anyway, okay, sorry. No, no worries. Uh, the Arizona-Dallas game was pretty good. It had a bit of a playoff feel to it because they just played a couple days ago. Uh, but Arizona won 3-2. to two. Uh, Arizona's offensive zone pressure was pretty relentless at times. They kind of looked like Boston a little bit in their game. Um, only 38% in the faceoff circle, though. Uh, but Galchenyuk got two goals. Two goals, yeah. Um, big saves, some big saves in that game. It was, it was pretty good from what I saw from that game. Cool. The San Jose-Edmonton game. Uh, San I watched Jose, all of that. One, I watched every minute of five it. Five to two. It was a great game to watch. Yeah, LeBanc was his first Hattie. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Jose, often the offensive pressure there was just a little bit too much for Edmonton. I just can't. I mean, Edmonton's struggling incredibly. Incredible. And uh, <laughs> Edmonton is <laughs> struggling <laughs> defensively. Edmonton is struggling defensively. Okay. I don't know what. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Basically, Edmonton's defense sucks is what I'm trying to say. Well, and, and they can't compete with San Jose's offense. That's what I'm saying. Well, and you're not too far off from the coach. 
because when the coach was after afterwards, he was interviewed. He was pissed. He was pissed. He said uh, something to the effect, when the coach wants to win more than anyone else behind the bench, like anyone else on the team, mm-hmm. when the coach has the most in, uh, desire to win, that's not a good thing. Yeah. What a horrible thing to say. I know. You're basically saying, I'm this old fat guy behind the bench, and I actually want to win this game more than all these kids, all these millionaires standing in front of me. Um, uh, that's horrifying. I was, and it's just bad all around. It is. I was Ooh. trying to be nice and trying to think of the words to say in a nice way, but there's just no other way to say it than Edmonton's defense has sucked recently. And, I mean, you can't. When you come up a team, I, I, when you go up against a team like San Jose, with Pavelski and Thornton and Kane and Burns and Carlson, like you, yeah. What, and here's the thing, tough. though, if you're Edmonton, because you did have a bit of a run early on when they flipped and got Hitchcock in there. They went on a nice little string. They did actually. Edmonton, with all of the horrifying things that have gone on and the terrible games that they've played, they're only four points out of the wild card spot. Now, there's six other teams ahead of them. That's the thing about the West. <laughs> but really... There's a lot of suckage going on. Do you just light fire to the whole thing and have a fire sale and call all the other GMs and said, you know, take what you want. I just want draft picks because we're going to rebuild. We're going to do what the Rangers did last year and just maybe make an announcement. If they're going to do it, they do it now while they McDavid now. and Dreisaitl are young. That's right. Do it now. Surround these kids with good kids, good picks, Make a five-year plan and go for it because yeah. the up till now, it's just not worked. These little resets, little resets. Yeah. Taylor Hall didn't work out. You move him. Uh, Everlay's toast. You, you start swallowing bad contracts like Lucic. Like, no. Of course, they, they fixed a lot of what the problem well, was there. Well, they're trying there. to fix but, well, they, but they've got rid of the GM. Yeah. So that's, they, he's still, they're still left with yeah. his poo. His, <laughs> <laughs> His turdlets exactly. are, are spread through the dressing room there. <laughs> it, it's sad. I feel bad for Edmonton because this is a team that's overdue. Oh, yeah. Overdue. And they've got some amazing mad talent. No, it's it's time for Edmonton to shine. It's Yeah. Every team goes through. It's kind of like the weather. Like in the 70s, I thought there was going to be an ice age. It was so cold for a while. Like it's teams go through the breathing process. Detroit was so good for so long, and now finally they're coming down a little bit. They're Same with human. Chicago. Yep. And uh, Pittsburgh was was on a high in the early 90s, then they came down, now they're back up, now they're starting to come down a little bit. It's just natural. It's It's been too long for Edmonton. 2006, they went to the finals against Carolina, and after that, it's been absolutely nonsense. Mm-hmm. They have the, the pieces to, to do something right now. And two years ago, they looked pretty good in the playoffs. Sure did. But it's just not happening, and it's just an endless amount of frustration. So I wish them all the best. Yeah. The game after that is probably the one you want to talk about the most about. It's the Toronto-Montreal game. Toronto won 4-3 to three in, in overtime. Overtime. Uh, had a real playoff game feel to it. Did it ever. Which scares me a little bit because as a Canadians fan, I do not want to play Toronto in the playoffs because I think Montreal will lose. However, it was very good hockey from a hockey fan's perspective. Uh, very nice goal in overtime by Tavares. Uh, Price was completely frozen. He didn't even move. Mm-hmm. He went down on his knees and then he just frozen. And it really should never have gotten that far. No. Montreal had a power play at the ending stages of regulation that carried over into overtime. Yep. So they had a power play to close the period off if they wanted it. They had a power play to start overtime if they wanted it. They didn't want it. They deserved to lose. They deserved to lose. Yep. They did. Uh, they were in the game all the way through. They played, I think, uh, a very good hockey game. Yep. Uh, they, they got that First goal, Andrew Shaw, who had, hasn't played in like 17 games or whatever, walks on the ice with less than the first minutes over with, yeah. and he scored already. It's like, this is going to be a great night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it really was a good night for those who like hockey. Um, Montreal had another very early goal in the second period when Tatar scored just over a minute in. That was a bad goal. Yeah, Gallagher's goal was, uh, was uh, great. And then, of course, Toronto tied it up. So Montreal had the lead in the third. They had a power play after it got tied late in the third, and to start overtime they had a power play, and they didn't capitalize. We've got some goal posts and other things happened there as well. Could have gone either way. One thing, and I think the best team won. 
Oh, d- no, I, no I question. No, I'm yeah, a Montreal fan, but Toronto played well enough to win, yep. and they did win, and that's great. But Pierre Lebrun tweeted something this morning that I think is, uh, or maybe it was last night, I read it this morning, that I think is telling. He said, for all you Toronto fans who would rather play Montreal than Boston, last night's game, despite the fact you won, should give you very big concern because Montreal is a team that will be very hard to get past each game and maybe in a series. And I don't know if I would bet on Montreal in a Montreal-Toronto series, but I bet you it would go quite a distance. And I think Toronto can't just take that for granted. No, it would. It wouldn't be a quick series. No. The thing thing about Montreal is they they can play the matchup game maybe better than any other team. They they take the the third-line guys and the fourth-line guys and play them against the the Matthews and the Tavares and stuff. If and Montreal strategizes that way when they go into series against these big teams. They didn't do it against New York the other year and it was a big mistake. They used to do it or they they used to do it. They did it uh a couple of years prior to that in twenty fourteen against uh Tampa Bay and I can't remember the other team they beat. And they, they were they were doing it to the Rangers in the conference finals, and then Carey Price got hurt. But Chris Kreider. That's the that's the style of hockey that other teams need to be worried about is the yeah. matchup game because it it's it is effective. It's it, extremely it, effective. It's how Montreal got past Pittsburgh in 2010. It's how they got past Washington in 2010. Mm-hmm. And then they did they stopped doing the matchup game against Philadelphia in the conference finals again. And then lost. It's it's very frustrating. But it, anyways, it, I I agree. You should be worried about Montreal. Uh, if you're one of the teams with superstars, if you're a Toronto or a Tampa or Tampa Bay, I, even with the Magic game, I don't think Montreal's beating Tampa Bay. But right. regardless, but Toronto, if they're going to do anything this year, if they're if this is their year, at some point in the eastern side of the uh, the NHL, they're going to have to go through Montreal or a team that beat Montreal to do it. Yeah, yeah, they will. And uh, that might not be as easy as. As they thought. And of course, the trade deadline is still not too far away. I don't think anybody expected Montreal to be in contention, Mm. certainly not in the top three as they are temporarily right now. Not a chance. And most folks are probably thinking that Montreal would be a seller rather than a buyer when it came down to uh, crunch time. I don't know if Montreal wants to do anything. From what I'm hearing and reading and I read a lot, Montreal is quite quite happy that they're having success with this group of uh, players that they have now. Mm -hmm. They don't want to frig with the chemistry in the room. Weiss, that's easy. He was a hab before, and he played with half these guys, and I think they all liked him. So that's not a chemical issue there. But to, to go out shopping and try to get Duchesne or something like that and throw him in there, I don't think that does anybody any good. So I think Montreal will go as far as they can go. Everything they get into the playoffs is a bonus from the head office point of view, and I think they still have a forward-looking two- or three-year plan down the road that they can still execute. But if they do great in the playoffs this year, all the better. I do not think Montreal gets by the second round if they make the playoffs. I'd actually bet $100 that they don't. And I, and I, don't, I wouldn't bet against you mm. there. I, I love my Canadians, but I'm a realist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I watched the whole game in French last night, which was great. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed it. The announcers were good. They were excited. It was a great game to watch anyway. And it was a great game to watch in French because the announcing is so much better than in English, and it was just a great game all around. So yeah, it was pretty good, pretty good game. Yeah. Yep, I watched the majority of. It. I didn't see the first seven minutes of the game, but I watched the rest. Yeah, uh, the Tampa Bay Pittsburgh game. Oh. Tampa Bay won five to four. I'll let you tee this one up. You were pretty excited about it earlier. Well, I was. I I didn't watch the whole game, but I watched several good highlights of the game, and. Uh, it was just different. It had this, these teams could be facing each other in the playoffs, mm-hmm. maybe even in the first round. And these teams hate each other. Uh, if it wasn't apparent before yesterday, it is now. Mm-hmm. They hate each other. Uh, Crosby and Johnson got into it. Crosby actually tossed his gloves. Some people would say Johnson turtled, mm-hmm. but Crosby uh, ended up in the box. And there's lots of yapping, lots of chirping, lots that, of bad blood. That's why I like Crosby now and didn't like him when he first entered the league, because when he first entered the league, he was really entitled. He would cry to the refs all the time. That's where he got the nickname Crybaby Cry Crosby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the past, I would say probably five or six years, he's he's an amazing, like, he's, he's, a he's fully always been re- an amazing player. But yeah, he's, but he's fully rounded. He's, he's matured quite a bit. He plays a great physical game. He's got that high skill. Yeah. And he's got that edge. Anytime your captain's willing to throw down the gloves yeah. and go for a little, a little fisticuffs, like Jamie Ben, 
that is a captain in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Sidney Crosby, that is a captain in my opinion. Yeah. So that impressed me. I like that. Good for them. Do you yeah. see Tampa Bay's uniforms? They're, yeah. They're wearing I, the black uniforms. I don't want to say too much about it because I want to make a video about it. Okay. Because Philadelphia always had, or Philadelphia also has a jersey I want to talk about and so does Pittsburgh. All so. Right. I want to say those for a specific video. But. Do, you, do you know what Tampa Bay's record is right now versus the Metropolitan? I do not. 16, 2, and 0. Oh. It wouldn't, it's probably the same with every division. They're 16 <laughs> points ahead of every other team. Yeah, it could be. It could be. But their dominance of Metro division teams this season is, is astounding. Hmm. And it must send a chill of fear. Oh, yeah into whoever's going to get that second wild card berth. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, that team in the second wild card berth is Pittsburgh in the Metropolitan Division. And uh, after last night, it was a close game. It was 5-4. It was actually 5-3 for a while, I think. And then Pittsburgh scored a late goal to make it 5-4. So the game wasn't quite as close as it looked, but the, uh, Pittsburgh pulled the goalie, couldn't succeed, and uh, Tampa Bay ended up winning that. But... That was a great game. If if that's a playoff matchup that happens, I'm watching that. Oh, definitely. I'm watching that one. Definitely. Uh, you know, if my team's not in it or my team's on an off night, that's the, that's the series I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Oh yeah, buddy. Oh yeah. Uh, the next game, the Florida Washington game. Florida won five to four over Washington. This is what's so frustrating to me about Florida. They're kind of like there's a couple of teams in the NHL who play really well against. Really good teams and terrible against terrible teams. Montreal's a good example of that. No, I don't want to talk about Montreal anymore, but Montreal's a good example of that. Yeah. I feel like Florida is also in that category. Yep. Florida plays really well against good teams and not so great against bad teams. They played really good last night. They have all the pieces there to be competitive, to be a highly competitive team, and they showed it last night. And I wish they would do it more often. I wish they could get a little bit more consistency behind their game because... On, like if if they just get a couple more pieces and get consistent goaltending, that's a playoff contending. That's a cup contending team right there. Yep. Honestly, it is. Yeah. So i i wouldn't est- I wouldn't underestimate Florida if they snuck in the playoffs. I would not underestimate them. Um, Luongo got another win. He did beat Holtby. Yeah, five four game. It's a you know, overtime course. So yeah. Washington got a point, a badly needed point that they're going to want to have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a that was good. Mm. Uh, the Vancouver-Calgary game was an awesome game. That Cal- was fantastic. It's my favorite game of the night. It was great. It, it was, was back and forth. It was awesome. Vancouver was, won 4-3. to three. Yeah. Markstrom was absolutely unreal. He was... He was the saves... <laughs> like... It, it, it I don't was, understand. The, the windmill. Yeah. You saw the windmill. That was fantastic. Huge windmill. That was in the third. It was funny, though. Markstrom, being so good... He did the interview after the game with Scott Oak, got the free Hockey Night in Canada towel. And Oak asked him, he said, this, this is, your performance tonight was amazing, just amazing. You must consider this maybe to be the, the best performance in your NHL career. He says, no, I let in three goals. <laughs> and what a, I love that guy. Yeah. Because, yeah, he did great. You know, I got lucky in a few and I did this and I did that, but he never took any credit for anything. Mm. And I let in three goals. Anyone who and a couple of them were bad ones. Anyone who lets in three goals shouldn't be uh, patting themselves in the back. Like that was the, mm-hmm. you know, he, he didn't say that, but between yeah, the lines, not, that's he's what not he's not wrong said. in the way. No, he's not. And it was uh, uh, just a fantastic interview. And he was unbelievable. Yeah, he was in great that game. game. Yeah. Do you know what I didn't like about that game? Um, I don't know. Why the hell did Calgary get James Neal to take a shot? Oh, in the, the shootout. In the shootout. He's having a terrible year. A terrible year. And maybe his record previously in shootout attempts is really good. I don't care. Don't put a cold guy in the shootout who isn't having a good year. He's struggling. Put someone else out there who can make it happen. Because James Neal's shot was garbage, and it lost him the game. Did you see his teeth go flying? No. He got a high stick in the mouth in the third. And you can see two teeth flying through the air in slow motion. And down he goes, holding the mouth and everything. And uh, they—it's a four-minute penalty because when you have two teeth go flying, it's blood. <laughs> one minute for every pen- one extra <laughs> minute for every tooth. Yeah, but uh, you could see them afterwards picking them up off the ice and stuff. It was 
quite gross. And yeah. then they showed him. He, he disappeared not for very long because he's, he's a good uh, – Yeah. He's, yeah, an, he's a hockey player. So he comes back out and he's showing the guys on the bench, you know, giving them a weird smile. Two, two of the upper chicklets went. Maybe they put him in the shootout just to say – Maybe. <laughs> you know, hey, you've had a, you've had a rotten night maybe – yeah, this, yeah maybe, this is your reward. Maybe. I don't know, That's right. but uh, it was great. Um, Besser finally got a goal uh, in that game, but I don't know. Did you watch the game or just uh, saw I watched highlights? the majority of the game. I was also playing Cards Against Humanity at the same time, so. right? Because there was a couple of times when Besser got a perfect pass and then would hold on to it. Oh, I did see that he did him do that a couple of times. Yeah, he would take that that extra time, and and at one point, one of the announcers called one of his previous shots a one timer. There was that's not a one timer, dude. He held on to it. He just he, it's almost like he had a, a yip or something, and then <laughs> yip, and and then went for it. Now that's the same exact shot he used when he did get that goal mm. uh, that he scored, a, a big goal too. And he he picked his place perfect, and he put it up over Riddick's shoulder wherever it went. And uh, it was a goal that time, but there was two or maybe even three shots earlier in the game where he just delayed a long time and gave everyone all kinds of time to get ready for it, I mm. thought. But uh, his shot that he did score on was amazing. Oh, it was. Yeah. yeah. And uh, did you see the goal by Andrew Mangiapane? I, I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah. He's played off and on for, uh, this is his second year up and down in the league. He's played a total of 40 or 50 games, I think, all together. This is his first goal. Was it the one-timer? Um, no, I think he just got a nice pass. Oh, maybe it was a one-timer, but it was a wrist shot, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Maybe anyway. someone else got their first goal last night, and it was on a one-timer. Well, that, that would be it then, I guess. But uh, yeah, maybe it was a one-timer, more of a, a snapshot of some kind. But I, I said, Mangiapane, like, I think I know what that means, but I'm going to look it up because it's Italian. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea what it, uh, what it is? Small pizza pan. Bread eater. Bread eater. <laughs> Mangia is eating. And pane is bread, right? So uh, eating eater of bread or, or eat bread. That's awesome. Is <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got an Italian name, but he's he's Canadian. He's born in I think in Ontario. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, hmm. no, it was a, it was a great. Levo got another goal, I think. Yeah. Uh, and where where was he? He's on pace for twenty four goals this year. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. Good for him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hmm. Um, oh, Louis DeBrusque was funny. He. During the game, I think this is still in the first period, he's he's on, he's the color commentator for CBC, and he's praising how great Riddick is playing. Mm-hmm. You know, Riddick's been great. He's been stopping stuff. Oh, they just scored on him. <laughs> During his commentary, they scored on Riddick, and it was a bad one. Oh, no. Yeah, so that was kind of funny. All right. Anything else for that game? Um, um Thatcher Demko is hurt, so Mike DiPietro was the backup goalie for Vancouver in that game. Mike DiPietro of the Windsor Spitfires just a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and, and he was traded to the Ottawa 67s. He's basically still playing in the OHL, but because Demko was hurt, they brought him up about two or three years ahead of schedule, and he sat, he's uh, played, not played, but was dressed for two or three games now already with Vancouver. They have no intention of actually playing him, but he's there. So, so he's cool. there as the backup. Yeah, there's oh, okay. backup. I was going to say because he didn't play last night. <laughs> no, he didn't. So we no. just spent a whole bunch of time on Markstrom. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, are you delusional or what? But no, no, yeah, I'm, I'm just me, being me on the bench. On the bench. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. The last game of the night was the Columbus Vegas game. Columbus. Uh, this was a big win for Columbus, four to three, mm-hmm. uh, or an important win rather. Uh, Columbus showing some resiliency. Uh, Vegas loses a rare game at home. They do not lose often at home. And, um, yeah, this uh, Columbus definitely showed some resiliency there at the end of the game and got that big win. So uh, that game had a really good pace to it as well. I thought that was a pretty good game from what I saw. Yeah, Cam Atkinson, two goals. Uh, Panarin got a goal, two assists. Yep. And uh, Bob was the winning goalie. So mm. a lot of stuff on display there, kind of like Ottawa's game. All their big guys, Stone, Duchesne, yep. uh, they were all involved and basically in the window. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, the games today, St. Louis plays Nashville, Detroit plays Chicago, Colorado plays Boston, Winnipeg plays Buffalo, Carolina plays New Jersey, Minnesota plays the Islanders, the Tampa Bay Lightning play Florida, and finally Toronto plays the Rangers. Let's make some predictions. The St. Louis-Nashville game that's on right now, who are you predicting? Well, St. Louis is on such a run, mm-hmm. and 
with uh, as I said earlier, Jake Allen actually has a pretty good home record, and Nashville's playing Saros, which is their second goalie, mm-hmm. as opposed to Rinne. So I think St. Louis actually has a good chance in that game. Okay. Yep. I'm also picking St. Louis just because I want them to continue their streak a little bit. So uh, pick St. Louis there. Uh, Detroit and Chicago? Detroit and Chicago. I picked the Blackhawks there. Detroit's been playing quite well lately, but so has Chicago. And uh, Detroit had a tough game yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I think Chicago is uh, well-rested, ready to go. They're home. They've been waiting. I also picked Chicago. Okay. Colorado and Boston? Colorado, I'd love for Colorado to win this game because I, I don't want Boston to surpass Montreal again in the standings, but I don't see it happening. I think Boston's at home. Uh, they've been waiting. Colorado, had again, had a – of course, they Boston played yesterday too, so they're both a little uh, tuckered out. Mm-hmm. You see what I did there? Tucker-esque. Anyway. Tucker. Tuca. Oh. Okay. Anyway, I, I think Boston wins at home. I think Boston wins also. Yeah. Winnipeg and Buffalo? Um, Winnipeg's had a pretty rough go in the last couple of games. Yeah, they played well, but problem. don't have enough to show for it. They're, they're, dr- they're coming into Buffalo, who's really doing well lately. Uh, Buffalo had a good game yesterday. Uh, I see Buffalo as the winner here. I'm thinking Winnipeg, because they oh, need yeah. to break their streak a little well, bit. Well, so, yeah. Okay. Uh, Carolina and New Jersey? Um, Carolina is... is they're scratching on that door. They're scratching on that door, yeah. and all they need to do is win today, and they knock Pittsburgh yep. out of that fourth exactly. or out of that second wild card spot. I'm picking Carolina. I am as well. Did you see what happened? Uh, oh, who did they play? Was it Friday night? And um, Lindholm mocked the yeah mocked the the Viking clap yeah. thing, which uh, sometimes <laughs> that comes back to bite you. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Minnesota and the Islanders. Uh, the Islanders are just strong, strong, and and they're home. Uh, Minnesota's on the road. They, they they're both playing good hockey, but I have the Islanders winning. I also have the Islanders. Right. Uh, Tampa Bay and Florida. Ah, well, I think Florida can play one good team once and win. I don't think they can pull it off two days in a row. Uh, I agree. So I think Tampa Bay's got. I'm that. also picking Tampa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the last game, the Toronto versus the Rangers game. Here's where I go off schedule a little bit. Toronto's clearly the, the better team overall this season. But they played a very rough, hard, emotional game in Montreal last night. They're tired. The Rangers have been sitting at home waiting for them to show up. So I think the Rangers have an edge there. And I'm going to give this to the Rangers. All right. I'm going to pick Toronto for this yeah. one. And I think probably Toronto's going to start Sparks. Not that that's a bad thing. Mm. But their number one goalie, Anderson, now back and playing very well. Um, maybe he's rested enough to be played two games, two days. Yeah, maybe. But I, I think they'll probably put Sparks in. And if that's the case... You've got Lundqvist on the other end. I think the goalie matchup favors the, the Rangers. Okay. So. Uh, as far as streaks go recently, uh, or currently, rather, uh, for wins, Chicago has six. San Jose has five. St. Louis has five. Toronto has four. Columbus has three. And Carolina has three. Mm. Lots of pretty good streaks there. Lots of good streaks. Uh, bad streaks. Uh, Anaheim has seven losses in a row. Winnipeg's at three, Pittsburgh's at four, and the Devils are at three, I believe. If I can read my own writing, it kind of looks like a five, but I think that's a three. So, who, what streaks? What streaks will be talking about next week? Who do you think is going to be on a bit of a roll? Hmm. Next week? Yeah. I don't even know who plays later this week. Who plays who? Um. So I honestly don't know. I think Winnipeg's going to turn it around. I think they're going to be on like a three or four game winning streak next time we do this. Well, for that's them, I prediction. hope they do. Uh, that's all I have for today. Do you have anything else? Uh, just a, a little one. Just this past Tuesday on Post to Post, we passed 8 million views. Oh, did we? We did. We did. Nice. And we're close to 39,000 subscribers, which is great. I know you're not obsessed about that, but 8 million views, that's that's really something. Like That's... that's that's a lot of eyeballs on, on some of the crazy stuff we do. That's about one-fifth of Canada's population. Yeah. And when you say it that way, it doesn't sound like very much. No. <laughs> no. And on the other channel, more post-to-post, post, we're over 1.3 million now. We, um, we released a lot of videos this past week on the second channel. I think five videos on the second channel. So if you're not subscribed to the second, second channel, uh, highly recommend you go over there and, and check it out. We have a lot of fun over there. We're doing some geography trivia, uh, some did some bad driving fun stuff. Uh, just, just some, just some 
random fun stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, go subscribe there. It's called More Post to Post. Thank you so much for uh, watching this podcast or listening on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play Music, however, however you are consuming this content. We really appreciate it. Uh, leave a comment down below and let us know what you, what you, what you thought of this um, podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Subscribe. And we'll see you next Sunday for podcast number 63. Adios.